my name is Frederick Crump. Uh, I do cowboy mounted shooting. Uh, you are tuned in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. I am. I am. I am. I am a young. I am a young. I am a young. I am. And I am a young black. A young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs> Shout out to Half Freaking Empire for our latest review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Today, we have Fred Crump here with us, and he is going to talk about why his sport in the equestrian industry is the most extreme, and I am ex super excited to hear about that. So welcome to the show, Fred. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Absolutely. So briefly, just tell us about yourself and what you do and where you're located. So uh, my name is Frederick Crump. Uh, I do cowboy mounted shooting. Uh, I am located right now in Fort Worth, Texas. Originally, I grew up in East Texas in a little town called Gilmer, Texas. Um, let's see. What was the other, what was the other question? I think that was, it. was um, it. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. So how did you get into horses? I mean, I know uh, Texas, but- Well, we I- assume. I've always loved horses. Uh, it's just, I think it's one of those things you're born with. I uh, really, I just love them. And my parents didn't ride, but my grandparents did. And my grandmother had a brother who always had a horse and I was always trying to get on him. I mean, I was just always trying to ride, always trying to figure out how can I go help move cattle? How can I go saddle? Like how, I didn't, I didn't know how to do any of that until later in the, later when I got older, but I was always trying to go on a trail ride um, in our church, our church community in Long Pine. Um, they would always go on trail rides, but I didn't ever have a horse. So I would just jump on the back of a wagon. You know, I try to be grooming horses. I try to do anything to get near a horse. Can you imagine? I might actually go to church if that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was it. Like we had a reunion and we would go and people would just be on their horses or Tennessee walking horses. And man, they were just, it was just a party. It was a big fellowship and it was so much fun. But, you know, we don't really do that anymore because of COVID. But, mm -hmm. and I don't live there anymore too. I had to grow up and get a job in the city. <laughs> yeah. That's what I here. Yeah. Fellowship, hanging out. Right. Just having a good time eating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, was that part. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you didn't learn to do kind of the saddling and all of that until later on when did you really start kind of your riding journey um I guess I would say like after after high school uh my mom wanted me to go to an HBCU I'm sorry mom you don't know this story um so before we get started don't be mad um the but I didn't want to. I wanted to go somewhere where I could be around horses, where I could be around cows. And I decided to go to Charleston State University. 
and my first week there, there were some guys who were roping out in the parking lot and I could rope. So I went out down there, I went downstairs and I said, hey, can I give it a shot? And they gave me a really funny look and they were like, you? And I was like, yeah. So I, uh, I started roping the dummy with them and they said, hey, you should try out for the, for the rodeo team. And I said, okay. So I borrowed a horse, um, I borrowed a rope and I tried out for the rodeo team. I didn't get on the rodeo team, but it, it, lit a, it lit a fire in me that I really, really enjoyed to be around horses. Um, so from then on, I just, I went different places. I tried different horses. Um, I asked a whole lot of questions to a bunch of old cowboys and they just answered them for me. And I started, started learning just from there. That's dope, rodeo teams. Yeah. In with schooling. Yeah. Out of curiosity, were those people in the parking lot black or white? Oh, they were white. This, this, okay. So you guys don't know. Okay. So you don't know Texas. Stephenville is the cowboy capital of the world. Mm -hmm. And there are probably, to give you another, give you a better example and a better idea, everybody asked me when I got there, what sport do you play? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm in the marching band. So <laughs> I, that's, I was on scholarship for a marching band because they needed some diversity there. So it's like very, very white, very white. <laughs> what did you go to school for? Uh, education. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, all right. So you went to school for education, mm -hmm. got a scholarship because you were in the marching band mm -hmm. and ended up riding horses. How does that lead us to what you do now? You know, life is just happened. Um, I married a girl from from Stephenville and she was kind of into horses and I we got divorced and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get a horse. So, I'm sorry, y'all was ready. No, we I know. that 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 part just <laughs> went by so fast. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not hyping her up her up at all. So that got cut off. So like 2013, I I was kind of down on my luck and I went to I reached out to a friend and she said, I'm shooing horses. Do you want to go with me? And I said, yeah, I'll go. You know, I might as well learn how to do something while I'm just kind of hanging out. Um, and then my, about six weeks into it, this guy um, told me there was this horse named Red. And he said, if you can get this horse in the trailer, man, you can have it. This is the worst horse I've ever ridden. He won't, he won't get shoes on. He won't get in the trailer. He'll set back at the trailer. He'll break stuff. And I talked to my mom and she was like, you don't need a horse. She's like, you can barely afford yourself. So you don't need a horse. So I got the horse um, and I ended up loving it. Uh, I kept red for a little while. And then I had to sell him to get, um, actually had to sell him to buy groceries and to go pick up my kids in East Texas. So I sold him and then I realized that I could actually make a business out of this. So I bought horses out of the kill pen in Kaufman, Texas and I sold them on the internet for a little bit more money. And I started riding and each one of those horses taught me a different lesson. Um, and I think a lot of people haven't ridden trashy kill pin horses enough to appreciate the really good ones. So from 2013 until probably, I would say 2018, I sold about 80 horses that I can remember. Mm -hmm. And um, they were all pretty good. 
sometimes. I've gotten bucked, I've gotten kicked. And I think those are, those are important lessons that you have to learn that if you're not a horseman and you don't come from like an equestrian based family that you don't know, um, that you can't always saddle horses the same. You can't saddle a young horse the way you saddle a, an older horse, you know, you have to pay attention to what their ears and what their bodies are doing. So I just took a lot of lessons from those old cowboys, just listening to them. I will always sit and talk and listen to an old cowboy because mm -hmm. they're always going to give you something that you don't know. Even if you think you know it, they're going to give you something. Yeah. Um, so then I started, um, I wanted to get competitive because I'm extremely competitive. I will, I will try to play any, anyone at anything. Like, I don't care what he does. I'll try to play you and I'll beat you. So um, I tried barrel racing. I didn't like that because the people were just nasty. I couldn't rope and I couldn't keep up with those people that roped um, that have been roping their whole life. I tried um, team pinning and sorting. I really love that. But to just jump into that industry, you got to have thousands and thousands of dollars for a horse, um, for the right saddle, for, I mean, and it's all so, that's so politicized. And it's all about who you know mm -hmm. and who's your trainer. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I love cowboy mounted shooting because it's not like that at all. Mm -hmm. So then I tried mounted archery and I was really, I was decent at that, um, but my horse didn't love it. And um, so I sold that horse and got a different one and he loved it, but then I didn't love it. So then I was watching YouTube videos and I saw uh, my current trainer on uh, on YouTube and he was doing this thing with a gun and two guns and he was shooting, he wasn't using the reins. And I was like, I wanna try that. So I called him up and I said, hey, can I get a lesson? And that was November of 2020, no, November of 2019. And then I started competing in February of 2020. And here we are. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a journey. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have a bunch of questions. I should have been writing them down. But <laughs> as someone, and I know Caitlin can relate to this, as someone who does not get rid of animals, how do you <laughs> how do you just sell? Like, like I don't even understand the concept. Like that's a horse. Um, She's not going to no. <laughs> I think it's it's funny that you mentioned that because somebody else lately has kind of asked. I I think it's the right person comes along for the right horse at the right time. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And if I could rescue some of those horses out of the out of the kill pen from going to Mexico, because we're the last stop. So Texas is kind of the last stop for all of these horses that are going down to Mexico mm -hmm. and you can buy them sometimes for 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 1200 bucks. I mean, and you're going to get what you pay for. And I paid for a lot of those horses and I got them home and they just needed a good home. They, they just needed a good home. So I really felt like the middleman of finding good horses that had, this was their literal last chance before they were shipped down to Mexico to finding good homes for them to where they were going to get used and they were going to get loved. And, you know, they may not keep them forever, but they'll keep them for a significant amount of time to make their life a little bit better. And so that's what, that's what I always kept in my head, that that horse was there to teach me something. 
and I was going to find that horse a really good home. And granted, I kept some of those horses for a year, maybe two years. Um, I kept them for a, a long time, putting them through their paces so I could show their new potential owner that, you know, this is what this horse is capable of. This is where this horse came from, and this is where he is now. Mm-hmm. So, and I learned a lot about how to do my own vet stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sew up my own horses. I can give my own shots, and I, I that's it taught me that, so... To answer your question, it wasn't always easy, but I mean, when your kids got to eat and you got to eat, it's, it was me, or the, it was them or the, like the, the horses. So it's one of those things. Well, when you explain it like that, at least you weren't like flipping horses. No, you know, or something, you know. I'll be really honest. Like in the beginning, it started that way, but then I would, uh, there was one horse in particular named Lucky. And I went to pick up 14 horses out of the kill pen that I paid a thousand dollars for. And she hopped in the trailer and I, the guy was like, man, just take her. I was like, seriously, what do I need another horse for? So she came home and I found a home for that horse. And then a few weeks later, I saw her back in the kill pen. I was like, oh my gosh. So I went and got her. I actually paid a lot more than I paid for all of the horses to get her out. Cause I really felt bad that I had rescued her from the situation. And then I sold her to a lady and she ended up back there. So I kept her probably three years, just breaking her and taking her through her paces. And then a young girl in East Texas at the barn, I was boarding it. She said, Hey, can I ride that horse? And I said, sure. Um, she said, do you mind if like, can I buy this horse from you? And I told her, um, uh, and I told her the story and she ended up buying the horse from me. So um, she still has her. She's barrel racing on her. She's doing a really good job with her. So it was, those are the moments that I really look forward to. And that's when I kind of realized that, you know, it wasn't about flipping horses. It was about rescuing, rehabbing and rehoming the good ones. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's interesting that that's kind of the first step for you, but tell us about the horse that you have now. Well, um, I actually have four. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually, one horse that I had for five years, I just sold him to a family and I swore I'd never sell that horse. But um, the mom came and said, um, I've never, I wasn't trying to sell him actually. She said, I've never had my son ride with me. And I was like, oh, I have a horse, but I don't really want to sell him. And she said, can we just try him out? So they took him on a trail ride and she came back in tears, just like, and I'm a sucker if you cry, like it just, you can get your way. So she said, I don't know what you're going to ask for this horse, but we need to take him home. And she said, we've had this horse forever. And she had a mare, that mare was meaner than sin. She would pin her ears and bite the little boy. I think she would try to buck the little boy off and cause he was a really busy kid. Um, and actually I sold him and I was really upset about it but life has a funny way of working things out. Um, she called the other day and she said, you know, we're, we're going on a trail ride and we never thought we'd be in this situation to where I could trust a horse with my son. And um, it was just a really cool story. They're good people. They send me pictures every single day. Um, 
he's kind of the horse that got me where I am today. Um, But the horse that I ride most regularly, his name is Outlaw. He is 16 years old. He's 17 hands. Um, He is an appendix bred gelding. um, And he is like a big dumb jock that didn't graduate high school. That went to school or that went to college on a D1 scholarship and failed out because he couldn't read. He's just big and he's lovable. And he's probably the horse with the most uh, personality in my pasture. He's just a silly, silly horse. Um, he'll grab a bucket and put it on his head and run around. Um, but he's getting on up there in age. Um, and I almost lost him on the way to Virginia, on the way home from Virginia. We stopped in Arkansas and he just wasn't drinking. Um, he was showing signs of colic and he actually started colicking and it wouldn't get up. So I'm like, it's pouring down raining and I'm walking and I'm giving him Banamine and I'm doing everything I can. And I actually slept in the stall with him because I was like, I can't lose this horse. Cause you know, he's, he's a really good horse and finding a mounted shooting horse is not easy. Um, so that's, that's outlaw. He made it. Um, he's doing really well. The vet said he had ulcers. So I treat him for ulcers and I'm actually not going to travel with him very far this year, mm-hmm. which led me to my next two horses. Um, Cody, the paint that you see um, on most of my profile pictures and my social media, he's the black and white paint. He's a really sweet horse and he always wants kisses before you put on a bridle. Yeah. And that's the strangest thing to me because I'm not very lovable with my animals, but he's he's teaching me to be kind and to be sweet and to be patient because mm-hmm. he's not unless you give him a kiss he's not gonna he, he won't put on the bridle he won't he won't take it he's yeah. like you're gonna give me a kiss and you're gonna love on me oh um so i was looking for a another i was looking for a really fast horse because in cowboy mounted shooting um it's all about speed um so i found this horse her original name was jolene or no it was jingles and I just couldn't ride a horse named Jingles. That just didn't feel right. So I changed her barn name to Jolene. And um, she's going to be my main shooting horse for this year. And it's, um, we're getting to know each other. This is my first mare. Um, and I'm not 100% sure she likes me most of the time. But she definitely doesn't like anybody else. Uh, if I have somebody feed for me, she won't touch the feed until I get there and give it to her and she will pin her ears and chase off everybody in the pasture, but me, um, but she's a sweet horse. She's, she's had a troubled past, if you will. Yeah. Um, she's bucked off a lot of people and uh, she's, she's gonna be a tough one. She's gonna be a tough one. So do you, do you ride her now or? Yes, I ride her just about every day now. Okay. Oh. Do you ride? Hmm? Your kids ride? Oh, yeah, yeah. My kids do ride. Um, my daughter's probably one of the most natural horsemen you've ever met. Um, she knows where to put her hands. She knows where to, but she doesn't enjoy it as much as my son does. My son wants to ride everything like I did. He has that just goofy passion and just wants to jump on anything with four legs. And he'll he'll ride a goat if he can. Like, he just He's just goofy. Uh, I bought a horse out of Colorado and um, she was three years old and 
she had never been ridden. And my son was like, I want to be the first person to ride her. And I said, son, she's not like the rest of our horses. She's not going to be, she's, she might not be nice. And he said, I'm just going to ride. Her. Okay. So I knew what that meant. So he comes in and he's sitting down. He's like, oh, I'm going to go outside and play. So I stand outside of the window because my horses are literally in my backyard. So I'm sitting watching and he takes her halter and the lead rope, leads her to the fence. He messes with her back and he lays on her back and comes off and he just hops on her back and just like rides around the pasture with her just laying there. And he's he's a natural horseman and I I'm very grateful that he is, but he's going to get hurt one day. But that's you got to learn. That's the best way to do it. Hard head, Mr. Soft Butts, my granny said. That is not hard headedness. They know what they're doing. They've been here before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So next question is, what is one of the biggest challenges that you faced in your journey in the horse oh, industry? Good question. Oh, I've been thinking about this question a lot because there's so much. Um, I think that there's about five different ways to do one thing in, in the horse industry. And everybody thinks their way is right. Mm -hmm. Everybody. So I think that might be the biggest, the biggest, um, biggest issue that I've had, like from cinching up the saddle. I mean, you can do the T there's like five different ways to do it in English and Western and just so many things, different bits why you use this bit like i'm why still learning bit at all <laughs> yeah like what yeah why even use a bit at all is another good thing that's a whole another argument mm -hmm. like you should be able to have a connection with your horse that you don't have to use that but there are times when you have a horse that needs to do that you know mm -hmm. so i think that's the biggest is everybody thinks their way is right and if you do something different than what they've been taught or what they know then you're just you're wrong you're wrong Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah I see that a lot especially when that person's way safer and yes. you know, like non-abusive right right <laughs> like foreign language when it comes to horses yeah and you know that kind of you know you watch these old cowboys and, and people of our color and they do things a certain way and you know you learn a different way oh you we don't do that we don't do that around here we don't coddle our horses like that. Well, sometimes you might need to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I think some of those old heads want to do things their way and, you know, we learn a different way as younger, they don't like it. Mm -hmm. No, nah, you can't do that with a horse. Don't make that horse soft. Yeah. Well, I want my horse to trust me and love me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Different, different priorities, different, different strokes Definitely. for different folks. Yes. Um, Gosh, I was going to say something in response to that. Um, you said, um, especially if the way is safer. More like that. Oh, it, it just, it's funny because a lot of people agree, like horses teach us things, you know, and that we're constantly learning from them, but don't agree that we're not constantly learning from each other. Yeah. It's like, how is that different? Like this horse may have taught me this lesson here mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to relay to you, but like, oh, it's wrong. We don't do that. Like, right. you know, it's just that kind of, that dynamic is interesting. It is, it is. 
wow, we listen to our horses more than we listen to each other, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody is all, I trust my animals more than I trust people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but hey, it is what it is. We, it is what it is. We just have to be those open-minded ones. <laughs> I mean, and I'm the first one to say, you know, I'm not going to do that. I like the way I do things. But also, I've tried a bunch of wrong ways to do several different things, and I've learned my lesson from it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I feel you well, on Where your horses are, are in your backyard, like you yes. own the whole property and all of that? Yes. Um, I own, I think it's two acres in one plot and four acres on another, and I kind of rotate them in the middle of the city. I mean, literally, I can see downtown Fort Worth from my kitchen window. Wow. And if you ever see any of my pictures, we go down there and ride all the time. We actually went this weekend and it was so much fun. I know. Did they just let just anybody like, I mean, yeah. I don't know, you just roll up? Yeah, horses have the right of way in Texas. So if you get hit on your horse, you're gonna be in trouble. No, oh. they're gonna be in trouble. You're not gonna be in trouble. You need those rules everywhere. I know. Yeah. I realized I follow somebody on TikTok and they were talking about uh, people coming down the road, like honking at them. And like in Texas, you can get in a little bit of trouble for that. Yes, people do that. I'm like, okay, honking isn't going to make anything better. Right. Speed up. And like those people who have those cars with the mufflers that are so loud. Like, right. why are you trying to kill me? <laughs> right. exactly. They yell. They yell like, hi, like, like, right. hey, but can we not? Just throw a hand out of the window and we'll throw a hand back and we'll all be good. Yeah, yeah we don't need any of that. Right. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> all right, so let's get into some mounted shooting because- yeah, That's what we came here for. That's why we're here. That is why we are here. So tell us how that works. How, how, which did you learn first? Did you learn how to ride first or you learn how to shoot first? Oh, I think I grew up shooting. Okay. I grew up shooting, but this is different. Um, okay. And then I learned, oh, well, I kind of learned- Chicken of the time. egg, chicken of the egg. Right, right. <laughs> I, mean, I grew up in the country, so we shot stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say I learned to shoot first and then I learned to ride. Um, but yeah, I think that's what came first, I believe. Yeah. Probably. Probably. I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that training process like for you um well I did my first clinic on the horse um that very first horse I talked about Halligan um and he did not like it um he would do barrels and poles and all that stuff but he didn't like it and I would bring the gun up to his head and he would flinch and mm -hmm. I decided to not use him so I got outlaw my current gelding um and in cowboy mounted shooting it's levels one through six um, and one is where everybody starts. And I think you can progress through the ones fairly quickly because it's kind of people who come and go or kind of weekend warriors. Um, but once you start getting up into like level twos and level threes, the horses are fast. So mm -hmm. Outlaw was a level six horse. Um, and I was a level one rider. Mm -hmm. So those first couple of, those first couple of uh, shoots uh, were, we're not good. Uh, I missed a bunch of balloons. So learning how to, there's a lot of training that goes, right? So you learn how to ride forward, 
but you're shooting this way and you're looking a different way and riding, like you're doing three different things at once constantly because our balloons, there's 83 different patterns um, and rarely do you ever see the same pattern twice. Mm -hmm. um, you have two guns in the pistol matches and they are 45 long Colts. Um, mine are Ruger Montados and you have to, so each time it's not like um, a semi-automatic semi pistol where you pull the trigger every single time. You have to pull the hammer back like a real cowboy every single time and then pull the trigger. So when you watch some of the people who are a lot faster than I am, how fast they pull that trigger is incredible. How they pull that hammer back and shoot, it's, it's pretty fast. And then, so you do your first five on a random pattern and then you tuck your gun and then you pull your second gun. And then depending on, there's either a straight rundown or there can be a random rundown, either way. Are the bullets real? <laughs> no, no, they are. So we don't shoot bullets. Um, it, we call it ammo because um, it is just full of black powder. And black powder is what the um, what pops the balloons. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions about our sport is that we shoot bullets. I've never thought yeah. that. I just knew that it was a good <laughs> <question>. <laughs> it is a good question. That's the question I get asked most often. How are you not shooting people in the audience? Well, I don't think they would allow that. No, but it's just, right. um, it's a 45 caliber um, um, ammo and it doesn't have a projectile in it. So it's basically the same ammo that you would see in a store. It just doesn't have the actual bullet part. Mm -hmm. So it's just like powder that just goes and it pops yep. the balloon. Mm -hmm. So the, one of the cool things that I learned in the beginning is that you can be too close or you can be too far. So kind of the sweet spot is 18 to 24 feet. But if you're like within like a few, a few feet too close, the balloon will flop over. Mm. Oh. So it's it's kind of a game of judging your distance and you're riding a random course. That's why you have to, that's why you and your horse just have to be in tune. Mm -hmm. You get the pattern ahead of time? You get the, well, for the for major. Like the day of the show? The day of the, yeah, the day of the shoot. Um, you get the you get the pattern and you kind of get to look over it um, at the majors um, in CMSA. You get them about 24 hours in advance so you can study them a little bit. But looking at it on paper, looking at the pattern on paper versus looking at it in the arena, because the arena could be narrow, the arena could be long, and that makes such a big difference on how you set your horse up. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the biggest difference between like those level threes and those level sixes, because they're always working that pattern to set their, set their horse up for success. Because we can shoot the balloons all day long, but if you don't set your horse up for success, I don't think you're gonna be successful in the sport. Mm -hmm. That's cool. With the um, guns, do they have to supply you with one or you bring your own? Oh, you bring your own. Um, and everybody has a modified just a little bit different. Um, mine are modified to where I have a heavier hammer. That's what the part that you pull back and a lighter trigger. Um, because I have bigger hands, I want my, I want my guns to fit in my hands just, just a certain way. And, um, especially when I'm making my cross shots, I want them to fit and I want to know exactly that where my thumb is and where I'm pointing my finger that the, um, 
that black powder is going to go. So you bring your own guns. Um, lots of people have um, different types of guns, but the big ones are Ruger Montados, Ruger Vaqueros, and then um, there's a couple other brands that are kind of really expensive, but the majority of us have Rugers. Mm-hmm. Are there like rules around them? Like like what does the rule structure look like? Because I hear gun? a lot of modifications and I'm like can you make it so that it's easier for you you know like I don't know do they have rules around that I think I think the the I don't know the rule books so I don't quote me on the rule book but I you can't modify them to where if you just to make them semi-automatic um you can make little adjustments here and there but I think if you make them semi-automatic and there's a way to do that um but if you do that you can definitely be disqualified Right. And you, so the, the rules now are that you can't have them in the stands because they are actual guns. They're not like movie guns or anything or movie props. They're actual guns. Mm-hmm. So you can't have them in the stands. Um, and you can't, once you finish shooting, you unload them or I'll kind of back up. So when you go into the loading area, that's the only place your guns can be loaded. Mm-hmm. Then you go in to kind of wait, wait for your turn, wait for your name to be called. You shoot, you come out, you unload like right there in the alleyway you unload and then then you can leave and you can take your guns like back to your truck or I have a backpack that I keep them in because I like to keep my guns warm um so yeah they're it's really safe it's a really safe sport Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you have to like I know I know gun people can be really uh, particular about cleaning and yes taking care of them that's the whole process for you Yes. Um, and I, I kind of feel like it's one of those things. I like to clean them after a match and before a match. Um, and it just kind of gives me time to settle in. And like, I know that my guns are going to function because I can take them apart and I can put them together. Um, I make sure to clean different places. Um, one little secret that my trainer told me is that we, that he doesn't clean his barrels, the inside of his barrels. I said, why not? That seems odd because, you know, coming from a military family, like that you clean all of your weapon, right? Um, But with the sport that we do, um, some of the residue is left in the barrel every time, right? So that's what the theory is. And I don't know if it's true, but I'm testing it out. um, Is if there's powder in your, the powder residue left, it can make you shoot a little bit further. And that's not cheating because you're still following all the rules, you're just not cleaning them. So if it chokes it down just a little bit and that gives you maybe an extra foot or two, I'm gonna try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Trial and error, see what works. Right, you're absolutely right, trial and error. That, There's been a lot of that with me. That is cool. So how did you like, I mean, well, you said you were competitive already, but what was that? Like, how did you get comfortable doing this? Practice. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Um, I think uh, Kobe Bryant was my hero, like no question about it. Um, And he was kind of my hero off the court. So when he passed away, I was really upset. And I started watching a lot of his videos and about how he practiced. Um, And he was relentless about his pursuit of perfection. So I kind of took that to heart and um, because there was one shoot where me and Outlaw just couldn't get it together. He was going the wrong way. I, I mean, I was shooting wrong. I was missing. 
and I watch my videos, um, have some people who video for me in the stands and, you know, I was shooting above the balloon, I was shooting below the balloon and some of the other guys were like, hey, you know, something's off. So um, I just got into the round pin and I just started practicing. And uh, right before I went to, um, I guess, it was, I went to Oklahoma. I was practicing two days, two times a day. I'd practice at three o'clock in the morning. I'd go to work and I'd practice uh, from about 4.30 to about 9.30 every night. Just consistent, that relentless practice. Um, there was a quote by Kobe that, that said, if you want, um, if you want, what did he say? If you want second place, you can go play. Or if you want a first place, you can come play with me. If you want first place or second place, you can go play for somebody else. And I just kind of took that mindset to heart. Like I don't ever come for second place. So call it cocky and people have called me cocky and conceited. But at the end of the day, what if I'm not going to go for first place, why am I here? Like, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that. So what, obviously, first place is the vision that you see yeah, for, sure. for your future in the discipline, but what do you, what do you see in your career looking like uh, as far as a mounted, mounted shooter? Um, I always want to be the best, um, but I want to, this year my goals are to win at the Paint Horse Worlds in July, and um, I want to bring young people into the sport. I want to bring more African-Americans or black Americans into the sport. Mm -hmm. So if I can have, I've begun the process of collecting horses that people can ride um, because I think that's one of the hardest things about getting into it because we all want to use our own horses, but at the end of the day, end of the day, all horses aren't meant to be mounted shooting horses. Mm -hmm. So if I could get a collection of five solid level one through three horses that anybody can ride mm -hmm. I can bring people who necessarily wouldn't be exposed to guns who necessarily wouldn't be exposed to horses and they could actually compete um, and they could compete on my horses and hopefully if they like the horse they can buy the horse mm -hmm. um, so I think it's one of those things that if you looking at my goals that's what I would like to do um, I just want to bring more people into the sport because the people in the sport that I realized are amazing. Um, the people are amazing. They're just nice and they want the best for you. And they, when your family's not there, I get my kiddos every other weekend and my son loves to compete and everybody asks when he's not there, hey, you know, where's your kid? Where's your son? Where's your Wrangler? Um, and that's what I love about this sport. I haven't found that in a lot of other sports. Um, <laughs> I haven't been as welcomed as I have been in cowboy mounted shooting, mm -hmm. especially being a person of color. And I kind of talk about that in that paint horse, um, in my paint horse member profile this month. Like sometimes we're not welcome at, they may let us compete now, but you're definitely, definitely like stay away from me. And uh, cowboy mounted shooting and in general, and there's like three or four different associations now, but we all, it's kind of a small tight knit family. And it's, it's one of those things. Everybody's like, Hey, are you doing okay? Like you'd never find a, the best example, um, at a world show a couple of years ago, uh, my trainer's horse went lame 
and he's one of the fastest in the world, no question about it. But uh, somebody else let him borrow their horse that was in the same, like competing against him. And you never find that in the barrel racing world or team roping world or tie down or God forbid dress, your dressage horse go lame. Like you're not, that's the <laughs> end of it. Like you can, that's it. You might as well go home. Right, so right. your guns break. Like my guns broke before a match last weekend and I had five people, I posted on my Facebook. I had five people message me, hey, I have this. Do you need this? Do you have that? And I said, yeah. And I was able to shoot. So you don't find that that level of like camaraderie anywhere else, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. And that kind of reminds me of like our trail ride, right? Upbringing, you know, there. If I didn't ride one of my own, I was always riding somebody else's horse. Like, hey, I brought three horses. If somebody and it's like, exactly, right? Okay, you know, yeah, I'll ride. So that's. That is really awesome. Um, I have a question. It's more question. of just a discussion question, not pertaining to you specifically, but do you find that people of color tend to navigate the sports that are more um, objective, more speed-based as opposed to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The opposite. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why would you, I mean, horses are expensive in general, right? Mm -hmm. So when you go and start competing and you start spending your money for somebody to tell you you aren't doing something right mm -hmm. and you don't even start on a level playing field, why would you want to do that? Right. I, I can, I tried dressage. Um, I schooled um, level two dressage in USEF and I really enjoyed it, but I found that I couldn't break that barrier for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I did everything right. Mm -hmm. um, I rode with one of the best trainers in the world, um, who was an Olympic gold medalist in um, cross country eventing and uh, dressage. She, she's won. I was riding her horse. So my horse was right. My equipment was right. I was doing all the correct maneuvers. So what was the common denominator? And I could only come up with that I was bald headed, I guess. So um, can't be bald around here. I know. No, so it's it's one of those things if if you're if you're different, and I just won't pull the race card, but if you're different than what their standards are, mm -hmm. then even if you're not riding in the right pair of boots or your trailer's not as nice as theirs, something like that. Your helmet or your saddle. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. you're not riding in the right saddle. That's a practice saddle. Why would you, can't ride in a practice saddle. You were gonna conveniently not tell us that you rode dressage. Oh no, I was just kind of gonna glance <laughs> over. <that. laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cowboy. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, I, I was decent at it, but I didn't, I told you, like, so. That wasn't your thing. I, I was not, well, it wasn't my thing, and the people weren't nice, and that almost turned me away from horses, and I'm glad it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, my yeah. trainer at the time was just like, you're too fat to be on that horse. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. So I left that barn, and I tried a different barn, and I had to lease the horse, had to lease a saddle, and 
I couldn't find boots to fit my calves. So I just decided to do Western. Yeah, yeah. Different. That fit me a little better anyway. <laughs> that is cool. All right. What advice would you give aspiring equestrians? Anyone who wants to get into the horse industry or into um, mounted shooting in general? Uh, don't listen to Dale because cowboy mounted shooting is the most extreme <laughs> if you really want to be the best at something. Why have you beef up in here? <laughs> <laughs> he just said it was the most extreme. I know he's running with other horses and stuff, but I mean, we're shooting. We're shooting guns. Popping <laughs> our like, oh, this ain't real. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving a hard time. Um, and both of y'all are bald, so you can't say that it's that. It's true. His beard's on point. I'm jealous of his beard. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I can't pull off that much. Like, Please my mom was like, he's handsome. <laughs> stop. Stop. Your mama. mama. Yes. Your well, mama. Yeah, she was like, he's just nice looking. <laughs> so when she watches it, she's going to be mad. Um, the best advice I can give to a young equestrian starting, uh, specifically a young black equestrian, keep, keep, keep trying. Ask a lot of questions. Don't be afraid to ask one of us to, I mean, teach you how to cinch up a saddle or um, ask us to ride a horse. We might say no, but we might find you one to ride, you know, um, that's the truth. Like, I'm not gonna let everybody ride my competition horse because I have to go back and fix stuff, but I have a couple of trail horses that I can, I can put you on and I can maybe teach you a little bit of lesson or I can teach you something that I learned, but just keep trying, ask a lot of questions, YouTube it. Um, reach out to, I feel like anybody that's done this podcast, reach out to any, anybody and, and ask them questions. If they, if they are in the discipline that you want to try, even if you just want to try it and you want to come for the day and watch, um, I feel like any one of us would be willing to point us, point you in the right direction. Um, and I, I always say that to people, please, please come ride. Please let me show you what I do on my horses or, um, Please let me teach you. Please let me teach you what I've learned and let me let you start from my point and not the mistakes that I made. Right, right. Yeah, go so, ahead and skip all that. Yeah, skip just all skip that. all the like messing up mm -hmm. and everything else. And yeah, just please reach out. That's what I would do. That's what I did. Yeah. I ask a lot of questions. I got told no a bunch too. Like, no, you can't ride my horse. Oh, you can't handle that horse. It's a stud. You can't handle that. <laughs> Well, let me, okay like let me get on it and see yeah so yeah don't be afraid to reach out and realize that there's a million ways to do one thing you got to find what works for you and really the most important thing is finding what works for your horse mm -hmm. because that's going to be your partner and they're going to learn they're going to teach they're going to learn to trust you and they're going to teach you a whole bunch and if you don't listen you're going to get hurt yeah yeah, definitely. I have another question. Okay. Um, how many walking horses you see down there as some mountain shooting mounts? There's actually two. There's two that I can think of right offhand. Two. Cool. Mm -hmm. And they do really well. They're smooth. 
um, they're not as fast as some of the quarter horses and paint horses, but I was actually talking to somebody the other day and I was, I think if you could get them up to speed in our warm-up circles and you could get them gating before they hit that timer line, I think they might be competitive. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it comes down to when you turn because there's a lot of turns in our courses sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've never ridden enough mountain, mountain or uh, walking horses to know if they turn on a dime. I know they can walk. No, they can, what do they call it? Racking? Is that that? Mm -hmm. High-stepping? Yeah. Um, I know they can rack and do all that quickly, but can they turn? Right. So, I don't know. I, the I don't ones know that I do, <laughs> the ones that do, do really, um, do really well, but they're also probably in a lope or they're in a, they're not racking, but I'd right. like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. There's all different breeds. Um, there's little ponies. It's a big family sport. That's another thing that I wanted to say that it is. Little kids be out there shooting stuff too. Well, at 11 years old, you can start shooting. Mm -hmm. um, but until then you ride in a Wrangler category and there's two Wrangler categories or in a different association it's called Buckaroos. But either way, it's the same thing. So in the first one, which is where my son is, you ride, you just ride the pattern. And you, if there's two balloons that you have to go through, you have to go through those, it's called a gate. So, um, but the next level is the Wrangler Limited. No, it's the Wrangler Open. You have either real pistols or fake pistols, but you just point, in, point at the balloons and engage each target. You're not actually pulling the hammer back and shooting. So once you prove that you're proficient in those two things, then they allow you to shoot and start at a level one. Mm -hmm. And um, what I've noticed is the kids who start in that Wrangler program, they'll kick adults' butts all day long, mm -hmm. all day long. I went to Virginia and got my butt kicked by a 12-year-old, and it was embarrassing. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. I was mad because when I get, when I lose, I'm like, don't talk to me. How far do you travel? I mean, I get I guess I didn't really know it's you know, all over. shooting was anywhere else. Oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Um we through COVID last year, uh we got to go to 12 different states. Um I think I went to something like 112 shoots um in those different states. We went as far as Virginia, um, as far north as Montana. We went to Vegas. Um, I mean, I was going to go to California, but my flight got canceled. I was just going to borrow a horse over there. Um, but yeah, 12 different states and there's a mounted shooting club in just about every state and several ones that have two or three. Yeah. Wow. That's and if you go to the, what is it? CMSA cowboy mounted shooting events.com, you can find it. Or if you go to shoot pony. You can find all of the events that are listed there between all of the different organizations. Shootpony.com is probably your best bet because mm -hmm. it's going to tell you every single shoot, every single practice, every single clinic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That is super cool. All right. Caitlin, do you have any more questions for him? I don't. <laughs> Caitlin, right, did you get to meet Oprah? Hmm? Did you get to meet Oprah? <laughs> I haven't met her yet. Yeah, I mean, but you do. Will you tell her that like I'm looking for a wife? If or yeah, 
I don't know how it is between Stedman and her. We hadn't heard anything, but I'm shooting my shot with Oprah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Did you send her something for her birthday? No, 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 not this year. Okay, you're not committed. You're not committed. You're not committed. I didn't want to be like a stalker or anything, you know. I was gonna get her a little something, something, but I thought Stedman might be mad. So if you know, if you just put me in the paint, like I cannot. Okay. <laughs> All right, it is time for the Derby round. Okay, the Derby round. We're gonna ask you some questions, and you okay. choose one or the other. Answer as fast as you can. Hammer, trigger, and. Nice. Uh, and yeah, and then yeah, just give us the first answer that comes to mind. All right, ready? <laughs> okay, English or Western? Western. Solids or spots? Spots. Bays or grays? Grays. Brown tack or black tack? Brown tack. Sponge or curry brush? Curry brush. Shot or barefoot? Depends on the horse, barefoot. Okay. Bumper pull or gooseneck? Oh, gooseneck. <laughs> Rope halter or nylon halter? Rope halter. Wood fence or electric fence? Wood fence. What is your favorite piece of barn equipment? Ooh. Oh, I have this scraper. It's a um, it's like a ferminator thing. Mm -hmm. So when they're like de-shedding, oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> What is your favorite piece of tack? My saddle. Mm -hmm. When is the last time you fell off? <laughs> last weekend. Thank you for being honest. Last weekend. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna come back to that. Um, if money was no object, what is one horse related purchase you would make? Ooh, I'd get one of those big rigs. You know, you know, you see them rolling down the road with like the semi and then they have the big old horse trailer on the back. Mm -hmm. Like I would just roll up just ignorant. Just like <laughs> they're like, oh, he's here. Yes, I'm gonna park over there. <laughs> what happened when you fell off? Okay. So me and my horse are getting used to each other. My new horse, Jolene. She's Jolene. sweet. She's a sweet one, but she's also, I'm, I'm figuring out she is a man's horse. Um, she doesn't like other women. And in the arena, what she's done in the past with other riders, she will sidestep them um, and then they come off. Well, I was loping her for the first time. We were getting ready to get really competitive. And I said, I'm gonna push her a little bit. So I asked for a little bit more and I gave her a little bit of spur and she went forward um, and she was going at a really nice lope, really nice canter. Um, but I think she saw something on the ground and then she tucked her butt and she stopped and I did not. And I went over and I held on to my reins and I looked at her and I was like, what are you doing? And she came over and nuzzled me a little bit like, I'm sorry. So then I hopped back on and she didn't do it again. But yeah, that's the last time I fell off. <laughs> well, at least you're all right. Yeah, yeah I'm good. I feel like that, that's happened to everyone. Everyone has a good over-the-head story. Uh, World Championships, my horse outlaw sat on me and uh, dislocated my hip. 
in the middle of the world championships. So why was you back there? What do you mean? Bat on. What do you mean? Oh, we were competing. We were competing. Oh. Um, so he he was just tired, I think. I think it was the end of the season and I had pushed him hard and he wasn't feeling well. I know that now. So I go in and he's he's I can tell when he's off. And I told the girl next to me in the stall, I said, something's off about him. He's not happy today. Because he was pinning in his ears and he's usually really lovey-dovey. And um, so I get in the arena. Our first round was good. Our second round, he's pinning his ears, trying to bite me and turning his head back. So I asked him to go and I shot my first two nice and then he just stopped. So I gave him a little bit of spur and he said, no. I said, no, 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 we're at the world championships. We're gonna, I, you, we're gonna win this and we're gonna go home. And he said, no, we're not. So he reared up and my feet came out of the stirrups and I slid down and he sat down on my hip my hip dislocated and I went to the hospital and I told the lady at the hospital that I needed to get back and she was like your hips dislocated I told her you need to put it back we'll do some pain pills and I rode the next day and I finished that was not smart <laughs> no I to say <laughs> and then after you finish you could barely walk oh yeah I couldn't I had to have people help me get on my horse um and so they live stream it and my mom is my biggest fan and my grandmother was watching, but luckily they weren't live streaming in the second arena. So she didn't know or else she would have been on her way to Amarillo because I'm her only child. And she's just like, oh, not my baby. Yeah, that's it. You know, so I didn't tell her until afterwards. And so she had to see a picture on Facebook after I was home and she was like, I knew there was something wrong. You just didn't tell me. Mothers know everything. She knows. she knows everything, but she's my biggest fan and I appreciate it. Oh, well, we'll make sure we include that part in there too. Since I appreciate it. You already ahead. made her mad. Yeah, twice. <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff's just oh, coming up. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate you. Thank y'all for doing what you do. Um, it is so important for our community, I believe. And I'm so appreciative that I had something to listen to while I was driving down the road. And um, I'm so glad what y'all are doing with Saddle Up and Read. Like, this is why I was so glad I didn't quit when I wanted to because of you guys. Because there were some moments where I was, I just didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. And we listened to you guys. And there was about five people in a camper listening to y'all's podcast and just, just enjoying enjoying life. So thank y'all for doing what you do to support our community, to support our horsemanship, to show that yes, we do ride too. Yes, we are capable and yes, we are doing great things in the community. So thank y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.